It's November 2nd, 2022, and this is your DSR Daily Brief. I'm Grant Haver. And I'm Chris Cotnor. Our top stories from international outlets this morning. Haaretz is reporting that exit polls from Israel's election predict that the right-wing bloc led by Benjamin Netanyahu will hold a thin majority of the next Knesset making the former prime minister the most likely to be asked to form a government. In a meteoric ascent for the far right, the Religious Zionism Party is forecast to become the third largest party in the Knesset. With almost 85% of the final vote tallied, the right-wing bloc, helmed by Benjamin Netanyahu, appears to have a decisive lead with 65 seats but with liberal strongholds and several Arab localities yet to be fully counted, the final outcome remains up in the air. From The Guardian this morning, Brazil's far-right president Jair Bolsonaro has broken his two-day silence over his defeat in Sunday's presidential election, but refused to congratulate or recognize the victory of his rival Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva. After Bolsonaro had delivered his message, however, his chief of staff indicated that his administration would not contest the election result. Bolsonaro lost what was widely seen as Brazil's most important election in decades by a margin of 2.1 million votes, 50.9% to 49.1%, and dozens of world leaders swiftly recognized Lula's victory. Observers believe that after leaving power, Bolsonaro could find himself exposed to a multitude of possible investigations and charges relating to fake news, anti-democratic behavior, alleged corruption, and his handling of a COVID pandemic which killed nearly 700,000 Brazilians. The BBC is reporting that North and South Korea have both fired missiles landing in waters off each other's coast for the first time. Seoul retaliated today just three hours after Pyongyang launched a missile that landed less than 37 miles off the South's city of Sokcho. The South's military said this was an unacceptable breach of its territory. It fired three air-to-ground missiles in response which officials said landed a similar distance past the northern limit line. The demarcation line marks the rough midway point in the sea between North and South Korea, but the North has never accepted the boundary. North Korea fired at least 10 missiles in both east and west directions early this morning, South Korean officials say. Elsewhere, the British government will step up work to prevent transnational repression as police investigate reports of undeclared Chinese police stations around the country, the UK security minister said. Political Europe says that the Chinese government has reportedly set up undeclared police stations in three UK locations, two in London in Hendon and Croydon, and one in Glasgow, to harass political dissidents. Beijing has also reportedly established similar centers in other European countries, including Ireland and the Netherlands. Chinese officials have not denied the existence of such facilities, but say they exist purely to provide bureaucratic services to Chinese citizens 
and do not involve police operations. One of the two alleged police stations in London is registered as an estate agency, while the venue in Glasgow is a Chinese restaurant. Deutsche Welle is reporting that a preliminary full count of votes in Denmark, covering everywhere but remote Greenland, suggests that Prime Minister Met Fredriksson's Social Democrats will remain the strongest party in the country. Assuming the seats in Greenland and the Faroe Islands with results still outstanding vote for the center-left as broadly expected, Fredriksson's existing alliance would retain a tiny majority in parliament with 90 or 91 of the 179 seats. The election was sparked by the Mink Crisis, which has embroiled Denmark since a government decision in November 2020 to call the country's roughly 15 million minks because of fears about a mutated strain of COVID-19. A court determined the decision was illegal in July, and a party supporting the Social Democrats threatened to topple the government unless fresh elections were held. Egyptian security forces have detained an Indian environmental activist on a peaceful march amid an ongoing crackdown ahead of a COP27 climate summit that kicks off on November 6th at the Red Sea Resort. According to Al Jazeera, the activist was released on Monday after spending more than 24 hours at a police station 22 miles northeast of Cairo. He had set off on Sunday with the intent of walking 162 miles on foot holding a banner that said, March for Our Planet, in reference to a caravan foot march-style mobilization that set off within Africa and spread globally. The Egyptian Commission for Rights and Freedoms issued a statement on Monday condemning the arrest, which lasted more than 24 hours in violation of the law. As reported by the AP, the presidents of Colombia and Venezuela met yesterday and said they would improve trade and security cooperation as both countries seek to normalize relations following the election of Colombia's first leftist leader. After the meeting in Venezuela's presidential palace, Colombian President Gustavo Petro said it was suicidal for the governments of Venezuela and Colombia to have become estranged from each other recently, adding that the border between the countries had been forgotten and turned over to criminal mafias. Colombia's president said both countries would now look for ways to share intelligence on drug trafficking groups and added that he would lobby for Venezuela's re-entry into the Andean Community of Nations, a regional trade and investment group that Venezuela withdrew from in 2006. Petro has asked for Venezuela's support in peace talks with the National Liberation Army, or ELN, a Colombian rebel group that operates on both sides of the border. In lighter news, Larry, a 71-year-old retired insurance broker and Donald Trump fan from Alabama, wouldn't be likely to run into the liberal Emma, a 25-year-old graphic designer from New York City, on social media, even if they were both real. Each is a figment of BBC reporter Mariana Springs' imagination. According to reporting from the AP, she created five fake Americans and opened social media accounts for them, 
part of an attempt to illustrate how disinformation spreads on sites like Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok, despite efforts to stop it, and how that impacts American politics. Spring worked with the Pew Research Center in the United States to set up five archetypes. Besides the very conservative Larry, besides the very conservative Larry and the very liberal Emma, there's Brittany, a more populous conservative from Texas, Gabriella, a largely apolitical independent from Miami, and Michael, a black teacher from Milwaukee who's a moderate Democrat. Through what she followed and liked, Brittany, for example, was revealed as an anti-vaxxer, critical of big business, so she has been sent into several rabbit holes, Spring said. The account has received material, some with violent rhetoric, from groups falsely claiming Donald Trump won the 2020 election. Despite efforts by social media companies to combat disinformation, Spring says there's still a considerable amount getting through, mostly from a far-right perspective. That's all the news we have for you today. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find the show. If you have a tip, topic, or correction you'd like to flag for us, please email us at podcasts at the dsrnetwork.com. Members of the DSR Network will receive an evening newsletter version of the DSR Daily Brief and bonus weekend briefs. Last weekend, we spoke with Joe Serencione, a nuclear weapons expert, about the newly released Nuclear Posture Review. If you aren't a member, go to the DSRnetwork.com and become a member to make sure you never miss any of our analysis. If you want more in-depth discussion of these issues, be sure to follow the links in the show notes to read our sources and tune into our sister podcasts on the DSR Network. Stay safe and stay tuned to the DSR Daily Brief.